Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Church. I'm excited to share my thoughts on Thanksgiving and giving thanks. So let's talk about it. together with family and friends and just chop it up and chow down. I can appreciate a perfectly prepared dish y'all and I can appreciate the value of time. I've learned so much by just sitting with family members, no particular purpose in mind, nothing nothing to exchange, nobody's gone to the store to get any gifts or anything, but we're just hanging out, just being with each other, sharing time and space. And that's the precious part of Thanksgiving to me. Now, Don't get me wrong, I also thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy partaking in the feast. In fact, in my college days, I would drive separate from my parents and make stops at family members' houses with my own Tupperware. Yes, 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 you heard that correctly, with my own Tupperware. Some of my family members were famous for certain, you know, desserts and dishes that they would concoct that I really, really enjoyed. And so I would make sure to uh, stop by their places and and partake of those certain desserts and certain pot roasts. Uh, They know who they are. And uh, I'd pick up a plate or, you know, at least come home with the dessert. And um, this was in addition to stuffing myself at my own mother's house prior to getting there. So, you know, gluttony may have been a thing. Uh, No one on this earth, though, I have to give shouts out to my mom. No one on this earth makes more delicious turkey, giblet gravy, collard greens, and sweet potato pie than my mama, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, What can I say? My taste buds just love what she creates in the kitchen. Now, if only my sister would give me her mac and cheese recipe, I'd be good. But this year, you know, there's a bright side to this. She won't give me the recipe, but this year she has promised me that she would make some extra so I can take some food home. So you see, I'm still collecting plates in my own way. But isn't that the joy? It is for me. When I get in the kitchen to make yams or go to my mom's house or um, enjoys what she cooks, or even when my mom gets in the kitchen to slave over her well-brined turkey, or when you get into your kitchen to cook and prepare for your family and friends, it's not for compensation. It's for love. Love drives us to prepare, to make effort, and to spend the time. Because it's a lot of time standing on your feet in the kitchen if you're really going to do it right. It's all for the love of one another. It's not commercial. No one is talking about the beautifully um, gift-wrapped turkey (laughs) or diamond-encrusted pies. Pecan-encrusted pies, maybe. Thanksgiving, though, is about a feeling of gratitude, of love, of fellowship. And if anything, 2020 has made clear that these things, gratitude, love, and fellowship, well, they're all areas where we can all improve right? So how do we start? Well, I like to start with an assessment of where I think I am and where I think God wants me to be. Now, of course, this (laughs) requires a certain level of brutal honesty if you're actually going to grow and produce what the Bible calls fruit. So if we want our character and our faith to grow, then we have to allow God to prune us ouch gardeners out there know what I mean 
a prune is a cut, but it's not meant to hurt us. Instead, it's meant to help us. A prune by the master gardener removes whatever it is that keeps us from growing. And I get that, you know, right now you might be in a season where you don't want any more fruit. You may not want to grow. You may not want a higher yield. Everything you got is fine. You don't want any more than what you got right now. But when you do come to that place of submission, you will be pruned. And you're going to be pruned so that you can produce more fruit for the glory of God. You can look this up in John 15. It's the first four verses where Jesus teaches us about the vine and the branches. He is the vine. And we, (laughs) we're the branches. Our job is to stay connected to him, to stay connected to the vine. And when we are connected to the vine, when we're connected to him, we produce more and more fruit. So if I do an honest assessment of myself, I have to ask, am I producing fruit? And if so, is my heart ready to continue on that path to produce even more fruit? Am I ready to grow? That's an everyday question. Saying yes to more gives me a tighter relationship with the Lord It's that yes to your will and yes to your way kind of faith and kind of relationship that forms when you will just submit to the Lord. When you want what he wants, then you're on the right path. And you can find out what he wants when you have conversation with him. It's just like everything else. How do you find out what someone wants? You ask. How do you find out if you're on the right assessment? You take uh, right track. You take an assessment. How do we do this with the Lord? We do it in prayer. We do it with journaling. We do it with reading the Bible. We do it with devotionals. There are a myriad of ways that we can get and stay connected to the vine. And for that, the very option that we have to even be connected to the Lord. (laughs) Well, for that, I'm exceedingly glad and thankful What about you? What is it that you're grateful for today? Would you take the time to tell the Lord, thank you? Just wherever you are right now. Would you take the time to just whisper a thanks to the Lord? I like to think that God is pleased when his creation acknowledges him, when we're grateful for all that he has done, and when we're grateful for all that he will do and is doing in our lives. I mean, what parent is a fan of an ungrateful child? At some point, even the most lenient of parents has to want to hear some form of gratitude from their offspring, some form of appreciation, some acknowledgement that you didn't have to, but you did, and I thank you for it. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just the way I think about it. 
But if I look to the Bible, I can find some examples. In my initial podcast, Why Do I Go to Church? I mentioned the one about Noah. When he was talking about things that happened, when I was talking about things that happened in the Bible. So Noah's story is told in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And it's in the first, um, it's in the first part of Genesis in the fifth through the 10th chapters that his whole story is told. You can check it out when you have a minute. So until that time though, let's just, I'll tell you some things about him to kind of get you a little bit more familiar if you're not already. Noah was a righteous man. In fact, during his day, people had forgotten about God and they were just kind of doing the most. You know, they were doing their own thing. Everything was about them. The way that they were living was not in accordance to God's design for paradise. God saw all of this going around. He saw the wickedness of man. He saw that this wickedness was exceedingly great. He saw that every thought on man's mind was evil continuously. And this, this grieved the Lord. Now, can you imagine that? Something that you made to take delight in is now causing you grief. Well, it happened to God. And he made a decision to destroy the very thing he created because it was riddled with sin. But Noah. Noah was just a man. But Noah was a man that walked with God. And in one of those conversations, when Noah was walking with the Lord, God told him that he was going to destroy the earth. He told Noah what to do to be safe. He gave him exact instructions for how to build an ark because he told him he was also going to send a flood. And it was with Noah that God would establish a covenant. And do you know what the sign of the covenant is? We still see it to this day. It's the rainbow. And if you think about it, how does one get to see a rainbow? Well, there has to be rain clouds and then um, and then you get rainbows. So there has to be a storm or rain cloud or not sunny weather. <laughs> That's when you get the rainbow. So even if our lives in our lives we we may have some trouble we may have some storms but the hope is that because God tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us we can look for the rainbow in our lives God told Noah to take his family into the ark and then he gave them specifications gave Noah specifications about what to pack in the ark so if I took a look at the ESV Bible the English Standard Version It says in Genesis 7, take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that were not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, males and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. And for in seven days, I will send rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. And every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And guess what, folks? 
Noah trusted God and did everything the Lord commanded him. Had the world up to this point ever seen a flood of this nature? No. Did Noah sit there and ask God, you know, 20 questions about this? No. Did the Lord, um, did the Lord have any ambiguity in what he was telling Noah? No. Noah got instructions and did what he was asked to do. Noah modeled complete obedience. He exhibited patience too. It takes time to build. <laughs> you know, he built the ark. He built it to the specifications that were required. And then when it was time to load up the animals, he did that. When it was time to load the family, he did that. Complete obedience and patience. And even later, we're going to talk about it, but Noah stayed in there until the Lord told him it was time to come out. So <laughs> let's think about this a little bit. My study Bible tells me that the ark was about one and a half football lengths, football fields long and about four stories high. It's um, six times longer than it was wide. So can you imagine building this type of floating device in Noah's time? <laughs> Plus, think about how long it would take to build something like that in biblical antiquity. Imagine what people were saying about him. But Noah didn't waver. He built the ark. He didn't leave it as a warrior, weekend warrior project that never gets finished. And then he stayed on the ark. Keep in mind, it's with his family and all of these animals. Can you just imagine the interior of the ark at this point? It's a literal zoo. Can you imagine having to care for all of these animals let yourself imagine the smells and the sounds go there with me for a minute in the midst of the zoo noah kept trusting god are you trusting god in the middle of your zoo can you keep loving people in spite of the zoo here comes the patience of noah again for even when the ark was nestled in the mountains of ararat he didn't just open the door. Instead, he opened a window, sending out a raven first and then a dove to see what the conditions were. And even still, he waited. Even when the dove didn't come back, signaling that it was safe, he still waited. He waited until God spoke to him, telling him to go forth from the ark. So how's your patience? How's your patience? When Noah got off the ark, he built an altar unto the Lord. He did it because he wanted to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Noah was grateful. And the Lord smelled a pleasing aroma from Noah's sacrifice and said in his heart, he would not again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will he ever again strike down every living creature as he had done. Noah had an attitude of gratitude. And this doesn't mean that Noah never, ever, ever messed up. He did. He did. And the Bible recorded it for us. No one is perfect except for the Lord. Noah had a vineyard. He got drunk and he was sleeping naked in his tent. And his youngest son saw this sight. But made not one attempt not one attempt 
to cover his father's nakedness. Instead, his youngest son exposed his father further by running to tell his brothers. Now, we can spend a lot of time chopping that up, but we won't. Let's just say even godly people make mistakes, but repentance is possible. You can recover a fumble. Even people who are living for the Lord deal with the possibility of evil affecting them. So I say unto you and to me as well that we should all be vigilant and grateful. Grateful that we serve a God that provides and protects. Grateful that we serve a God that forgives. Thankful that we serve a God that can find favor in us and a God that will walk with us and fellowship with us. He does this. He allows it, encourages it because he loves us. He loves you and he loves me. There is no greater love. It's his agape love showered upon us. This has me thinking about this song. Um, I'll go ahead and share it with you. But love is defined in a variety of ways. And I'm thinking about Kurt Franklin's song, Love. Yeah, I'm reaching way back for this one, but... It opens with vocalists, and no, I'm not going to sing, but it opens with vocalists singing patient love, kind love, sweet love, kind love a few times, and then goes on to talk about Jesus showing us what it really means to love. So yeah, that's a, that's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And if you check it out sometime or dust off your old CD, if you have it, it's good to replay that and be reminded of it. But the main point is, is that Jesus is our example of what it means to love. Love means different things to different people. I guess it just depends on who you ask and and where they are uh, in their lives, what their situation is. But for me, you know, I like to look to the scriptures for definitions. And there's a familiar passage that really embraces or, um, you know, evokes love is First Corinthians 13. Now, you may have heard it at a wedding or even preached from um, you may have heard it preached from your church or taught in Sunday school. But if we pick up on verse four from first Corinthians 13, the English uh, standard version ESV Bible tells us love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on having its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. That's verses four through six. And I encourage you to, to look up those, uh, even just those few short passages, verses four through six uh, out of 1 Corinthians 13 in different translations. And see how it reads and read one. Re- keep reading until you find one that really settles in your heart. And then I invite you to go back and read the whole chapter. But our consideration for now is when we do our own self-assessment, can we say that we're patient and kind? What about envy and boasting? Have we escaped those tentacles? Are we arrogant or rude? Do we insist on having our own way? Are we irritable or resentful? Do we rejoice at wrongdoing instead of rejoicing with the truth? If we find ourselves to be deficient and lacking in these areas, then it's an indication that our love needs a boost. We need to sit in the heat lamp or warmth that comes from spending time with the Lord. 
so that then our love would not be cold, but instead would flow warm and free. And when we're in a position to offer a warm heart of love, we are also in a great position to be able to fellowship with God and each other. Do you have to be perfect and dot every I and cross every T? No. Look, if that were the case, many of us never would have gotten into the game to begin with. We live in a sin-laden world. That's just facts. And sometimes you're going to be tempted. Also facts. Even Satan tried to tempt Jesus. He failed, but he still tried it. So for you and me, we don't need to be alarmed when he comes to try and tempt us. We just need to ask God to help us get through it. God will help us through temptation. All we have to do is ask him. All we have to do is cry out for him. He'll see us through. Our dependence on God is what builds our relationship with God. And if you, you know, you or not, if we should happen to trip up or fall, then the key is not to get all bent out of shape to the point where we just want to give up and walk off the field. Don't do that. Dust yourself off. Get up. Learn from it. This starts with acknowledging, confessing what you did wrong, whatever the sin was, then asking God to forgive you for what you did. That also builds your fellowship with God. It, depend, it builds your dependency on God. And when you have good fellowship with God, you'll have improved fellowship with people. You'll be able to love them in spite of because you realize that God loves you in spite of. At the end of the day, we have to remember this. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by the majestic hands of God, each and every one of us. And we're on a journey. Cool thing about journeys, we don't have to be at the same place. We just have to be going toward the same direction. In fact, we're all at different places in our journey. We have different experiences and we have different paths. But when you boil it all down, we're just not all that different. We're all human beings. We're all made in God's image. So as we gather for the holidays, socially distanced, and in our gloves and masks with hand sanitizer and disinfectant spray at the ready, or even if we're eating together at a, a particular time on Zoom, let's take a moment and give thanks. Give thanks and be gracious cover yourself dress in an attitude of gratitude give thanks and show love God loves us and we should reflect that love to others give thanks and fellowship with God and others because tomorrow is not promised give thanks to God that we are still here in the land of the living it could have been another way Give thanks for the memories of those we lost. Their lives mattered. Give thanks for the hope of tomorrow and the gift of today. In everything, give thanks. I hope and pray you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Until next time, be safe.
You have been listening to Let's Talk Church, a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced. Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.